This is a show for the driven, for the visionaries. This isn't for the make-believers. I can walk all day long, but my walk has to become my must. This is for the determined, the self-defined, for those ready to push fear aside, crush doubt, and unleash the hero from the inside out. You are wonderfully made. You are beautifully fashioned. You are created with purpose. Life That Counts isn't just another podcast. It's about living a life that counts. Real quick, Life That Counts fam, I want to introduce you to the president, CEO, leader, leader, CEO, cooking bottle washer, top dog, <laughs> OG broom sweeper. <laughs> right on. That's right. Uh, for the committee of 100, yeah. based out of Huntsville, Alabama, you guys serve Huntsville City, Madison City, Madison County area. Mm-hmm. You guys serve uh, three particular um, pillars, if you will. In it. so, speak a little yeah. bit about speak a little bit about the where the committee of 100 serves. Just yeah. tell tell our guys where. Yeah. So we we um, we were founded 25 years ago out of um, eight leaders in the business community out of the Chamber of Commerce and. We were founded really on three main principles, and number one is high-quality public education. So we're a business organization of influencers, and we believe public education is, is priority. And so, yes, we work with City of Huntsville, City of Madison, Madison County um, school systems to, to really drive high-quality public education for all. Uh, number two is cooperative local government. And so we work every day with our elected leaders and appointed leaders to make sure that we're working together and collaborating together. Um, you know, when there's friction in between cities, communities, counties, you just can't, you can't move the community forward. And so we really work to try to find platforms to put people together, to, to, to work together. Uh, and then really the third thing that, that I work on is, uh, is really long-term visioning and long-term economic development. So, you know, what do we need to work on today? What seed do we need to plant today to grow the tree in 20 years? But what today are some of those long-term economic um, ideas that we need to start thinking about and putting things in motion? Um, so that they come to fruition in five, ten, or fifteen years. So it's really kind of a long ball um, visioning role that 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 our organization kind of serves in the community uh, through the members that we have in our group. Oh man, that's fantastic. Yeah. So John, one of the things I love about the Committee of One Hundred is forecasting for the future uh, about that. So that so the education piece. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the internal perspective why so business development economic development we we want the right people uh, to help us lead the way in those sorts of things into the future but and so those are obvious those are on the you know right in front of us every day but speak a little more why such the emphasis on education because I mean you mentioned the long game that's a very long game I, I know one of the things that you guys have just done is you've had, um, and I, you can speak to the number, I'm sure, but you guys have had several educators um, achieve their national board certification. Speak to that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think to the public education point, you know, in Huntsville, Madison, City, city of Madison, City of Huntsville, mm-hmm. and the county, there's about 55,000 students. So, I mean, you, you think about th- those are our future leaders, mm-hmm. our, our, our future workers, our future entrepreneurs, right. our future thinkers, right. our future doers. And so ultimately you want, you want those that you have, have trained and educated in your own community 
to, to go off and do great things, but come back to your community and make it a better community. Absolutely. And so I think investing in, in public education is, is, is critical for all because it builds just a better, it, it builds a better base of, of, of your, uh, your neighbors mm. um, and your future neighbors and your future leaders. And so I think, I think the work in public education is crucial for the business community to engage in because again, as certainly our community in North Alabama is growing from a workforce development standpoint, you know, Toyota, Mazda is still hiring um, and so, you know, we, we continue to grow as a region and we want those, those um, uh, workers and jobs to be create, created in North Huntsville but fed by individuals that, that uh, have an opportunity in North, Huntsville, in, in North uh, Alabama in, um, in particular. And so I think it's important that, that the business community engages in making high quality public education for all in our three systems. And so one way that we've really figured out uh, as a business community is to invest in national board certified teachers. Mm -hmm which is a separate, totally different um, uh, training and certification for teach public education right, teachers. Yes. It's four modules. It is um, uh, challenging. It is difficult. Oh, it, my, I told you, my wife right. became a national right. board certification. It's the equivalent of getting another master's. Correct. It's, 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 or an EDS almost. It's, it's tough. And, yeah. and, and, and it's, um, it's, it's one of those that the, the teachers that have the ability to go through that right. uh, really really look inwardly on how they teach, the way they teach, uh, the videos that they teach, that right. they shoot of them teaching to the kids. Yeah, excellent, yes. Um, you know, pe people have said that have gone through the process, it's just, it's changed the way that I deliver instruction to all of my kids. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at the gains, you know, kids with National Board Certified Teachers, typically a one to two month achievement gain in the classroom. And so, when we started looking at the achievement gains, when we really started, lo started looking at for every dollar invested in a National Board Certified Teacher, you get $31 return. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good return. That's a good okay? return. Anybody's going to say that's, that's a good a, return. That's right. So especially in this era of COVID, when our students um, that are really struggling, that don't have those resources at home, that are, that are in those underperforming schools and environments, what better way to change generational achievement gaps than National Board Certified Teachers? So we've really decided that this is the generational change that we believe we can bring to the table in our community at large. Um, and and quite, quite honestly, we're really working on a program to, to bring the highest density of National Board Certified Teachers um, in the country to Huntsville-Madison County. We may be looking for real estate in Huntsville, John. <laughs> well, you know, it's, so it's really great. One of the things that I've noticed, so being married to a National Board Certified Teacher, and I, and I couldn't have been more proud of her when she walked across the platform in Birmingham, received that recognition. It was, it was just an honor. But what I've noticed in my wife, uh, and by the way, it is a tax on the family. Oh, yes. For the teacher that goes through that, you, you have to be supportive of one another. So that, to me, that also speaks to the families in your community who are helping move uh, education forward. But what I've noticed from Alexis is, is she's, she's always been comp competent and confident in her work. Uh, but dude, now she just exudes, it's, it's just, she's a professional. Incredible. You yeah. know, I mean, she, she. This is like, okay, I know what I'm. I know. And so we. So there's this concept. There's a, a one of one of the theories that we exercise in, and and this is this is why I'm so high on what you guys are doing. And and I want to circle back to a comment that you made earlier about uh, doesn't live on the same street as comfort. Oh, yeah, right. mm -hmm. Okay. So um, so we understand that competence 
And why in our culture has competence become a bad word? Competence is a good thing. Like it's a healthy thing to be competent. Competence leads to confidence. Confidence leads to the ability for us to connect. And after we've connected, then we're able to see each other's character. And then when that character is revealed, I can tell whether or not you're a person of compassion or... And so, I, and so that's what we're, so in building for the future, and, and I mean, dude, our, our, our job titles is make the world a better place, yeah. right? Like that's sure. our job. So I want to circle back, because you made a really, dude, it was good. Um, what is it that doesn't live on the same street as comfort? Conviction. Conviction. Doesn't live on the same block as give, comfort. Give me more, man. I want to hear more. Yeah, so I, I just think, you know, it, it's, it's one of those life sayings that, I, that I've had that, that, that uh, really drives me every day. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes when you see an issue, you see a person, you see a, something that, that you just know that tugs at your heart and you're mm. like, I am convicted that this mm. is the right thing to do. Mm. And it's not okay. going to be comfortable and it's not going to be easy. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's something that you know to your core. That's, that's, what, that's just what you need to do. Right. And so, you know, for me, it really drives, drives the work that I do. Um, and, and kind of touching base on something you said earlier, I mean, I, I, think, I, think, I think when we realize that wisdom comes from experience and experience from mistakes, mm-hmm. and we're able to, to learn from that, that, <laughs> that you know, it's, it's, uh, we all are in that, that, yeah, that life that's, lesson that's and that right. life journey. Yeah. Uh, and we all fail and we all make mistakes. That's right. And so really... Now, I know we talked earlier about the corona uh, era that we're in and the pandemic, but, uh, you know, the only word that I use more and more, certainly this year, and I, and I hope the rest of um, more people would really use this word, but it's grace. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to give people more grace in this time frame. And then when I think about our public educators, you know, they're, they're, they're building the airplane as they're flying it. Oh, dude, aren't they, though? So, yeah. so it's, um, I think all of those things, just to bring a little more compassion to people and compassion to, to, to people's issues. Um, and, and that's something I think that that, uh, that as a community and as a nation, um, really we have to we, we, we have to con- continue to hold and grasp onto. You know, and if this time has given us anything, I'm talking about conviction. One of the things that, and and I want to ask you, I want to ask you, John, what is that thing that that wakes you up and drives you and moves you out the door each and every day? You've done some really interesting things, even in Huntsville. Um, around race equality and raising awareness and these types of things. Speak a little bit to that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I think it's, um, it's inherent for us to all understand different perspectives, um, be that uh, racial perspectives, uh, different, different things in life. I think it's important for us to understand that yeah. and have an empathy and an a, a understanding and a comprehension and, and perspective of some of the struggles that our, that our friends of color and others have had that, yeah. that, that we haven't had. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that starts with, with one, uh, the willingness to have that, that, that conversation, but also having those conversations and being able to have those difficult conversations. So, you know, the more that we can, can continue to put the right people in the room to change the politics, to change the policy, uh, those, are the way, those are the ways that I think we're going to have s- systemic change to the questions around, around race. We've got a long way to go. We've got a lot of conversations to have, um, but but I think it starts with that that compassionate conversation that we all have to have that moves into action. That's actionable steps to change some of the policies that are pl- that are that are in place that have been in place that that quite frankly are not favorable to some of our our friends of color. 
and others. And so I think we have to be aware and then move that to conversation and then move that to action. So, I mean, just to state the, you know, just identify the elephant in the room. We have two white guys with jackets on and yeah. their hairs, you know, it, at least somewhat to the one side. I don't know what mine's doing right now. <laughs> Both, you know, working professionals, educated background. Um, our, our, grow, our life growing up situations were a little different. You come from a nuclear family mm -hmm. and, you know, you had your parents there. Mine's a little different, and those of you who are familiar with Life That Counts, you've probably heard me share my story. Um, but the elephant in the room is, is you have two white guys talking about equality and race. I'm curious to hear some of the systematic changes that you see that we need to change or adaptations that need to be made. What are those from your perspective? Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, think, I think it's one, it's, a, it's, a, it's probably an understanding of how the system works. Mm. Um, how the system has worked over the course of, of many years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now we're in a conversation, certainly in Huntsville-Madison County, about a Confederate monument mm -hmm. um, that, that has been there since, since uh, 19, 1905. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we, we certainly came out um, uh, in June and said it, it, is, it is time to move this monument. It's the only monument on the public square. And quite frankly, it's, it's a monument that was set there um, uh, in 1905, and it was it was really a testament to the to to the the, the Confederate fighters in in the war, but it was it's 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 much different view of that that our that our friends of color really see that. Now, me walking to the courthouse, I never even noticed it was there, but for my friends of color that see that, it's 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 a symbol of oppression of what what was, and for it to be the only public monument on the public square, it's inappropriate. And it's time to move on, and it's a symbol of what was, not what what should be. And so I think I think for for us to realize that those things that we may have never even in our world ever ever witnessed or understood, we understand the perspective of others that are our neighbors and friends in the community um, of color in particular. Um, but but that starts with understanding and comprehension, and, and conversation, and then partnering to see how can we how can we move some of these issues forward. Yes, we should remove symbols of oppression after all it is we the people right. it's we it's not me and we is a very eclectic uh, eclectic lot how about replacing it with something yeah. what what do you think um, what do you think we replace with because it, it does seem like lady Liber lady liberty for instance stands in the harbor mm -hmm. what what can we put up to demonstrate the unity that we are working toward. Yeah, you know, and I don't have a I don't have an exact answer for that, but I, but I will say, you know, I specifically, you know, with this monument issue. I mean, I'm so I'm so encouraged to see so many different groups come around this 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 issue, groups that never would maybe be a part of a conversation in in a normal day or a normal normal uh, time of of, of life. Uh, but you have elder clergy, younger clergy, sure. white clergy, black clergy, you have business leaders, downtown leaders, you have leadership groups, other organizations that all are coalescing around the fact that this is not the proper, proper place to have this monument. It's time to remove it and, get it, and get, it, get it out of the public square. So, you know, when I see that, then all of a sudden you have, you have an ability to have conversations with people that you never 
would have had conversations with and have the ability to, to move this to move this issue forward. So I think when it comes to the public square, that's a conversation for the public to have on what what to replace that with. Um, but I think it I think a lot of it still is about individuals' perspectives and their willingness to change and their willingness to to share different perspectives. You know, we 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 were so fortunate two years ago to take a group from Huntsville down to uh, the Legacy Museum and the National Memorial for Peace and Justice. And there's about 50, 50 people that, uh, leaders, elected leaders, others, community volunteers and other people in the community. Um, and, you know, I would just encourage if you've never been to that museum, it was just a, it's an incredible experience, just an incredible experience. Um, and it really, with a heart of, of openness, if you go there and you see these, these images um, um, of, of racial disparity, of, of the, the, the challenges that our friends have, have have had over the years, especially in, in communities of color, um, it should pain you and it should change you and it should change your perspective. Um, and then, of course, the, the National Memorial for Peace and Justice, which is about the lynching of, of, um, of individuals. And, and it's just such a graphic um, uh, visual that they have there of the monuments that are, uh, they start out on the, on the ground and eventually they're raised to the ceiling. Um, uh, memorializing those that were lynched in the different counties in Alabama in particular. Um, and so, you know, we were fortunate to have that. that um, and, and Brian Stevenson was the one that created the, the, the uh, Legacy Museum, and uh, he spoke to us for 40 minutes um, that day over lunch, which was just an incredible day uh, to listen to his story. And if you haven't watched the movie Just Mercy, um, another one that's just Fantastic. critical to, to watch. It, you know, I, I kind of want to... It's great that we're able to have this conversation, right? It's great that we're able from kind of a, an intellectual, almost an ivory tower, if you will. But I really want to drive this home. And, and if you have stories that you're willing to share, I'm going to share one. Um, I was maybe 22 years old. I was working in, um, in the Etowah County area. I was working in an industrial setting. And the, I, I was working in a factory that built doors and windows. And it was one of those early jobs, you know. I think it was maybe even a second job. And we employed a lot of uh, Hispanic and Latino young men. And we had a, a line manager who, I mean, anything would come out of his mouth. Um, it, racial slurs, profanity, I mean, just things you can't repeat. Things that you're like, you really just said that? All right. There was one day he took a nail gun and started firing it in the floor beside some of the Hispanic workers that were working. I could not stand by any longer. I mean, this guy was maybe two or three years older than me, but he was technically my boss. Right. I could not, I said, dude, you've got issues. And I took it to upper management. Um, that week I was actually let go, yeah. surprisingly. Yeah. But you made the comment earlier, and this is why it fired me up, because I, if I want to be anything, I want to be a person of conviction. And, and not just a mouthpiece, you know, like I want to actually do. I, 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 and, and I know that to be the case with you. 
And conviction doesn't live on the same street as comfort. So I'm curious, as, as we endeavor to change the world, I know our sufferings or our perceived sufferings don't compare. Right. But have you ever gone toe-to-toe personally with injustice? You know, I, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting question, you know, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't say, I can't recall if I ever, if I ever have, honestly. Um, either the situations that I've been in or not, um, I, 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 can't, I can't recall, honestly. I mean, I think, I think for me it's a understanding of the way things work, the understanding of the way policies work, of politics works. Um, I think it's I think it's a comprehension of the things that that aren't inherently set up. That if, for instance, if if one doesn't even have in the front uh, lobe of their thinking, uh, well, how is this going to affect our communities of color? Um, how is this going to affect uh, areas in the community that that are our, our, our friends in poverty? How does how do these things? If that's not even a comprehension in you as an elected official or appointed official setting policy in a municipal environment, then how are those going to change if it's not even a, if it's not even a comprehension? And so I, th- I think part of it is how do we continue to present these challenges that our friends face? Uh, you know, for, for instance, um, we, we, we were fortunate to fund uh, a poverty simulation. It's two and a half hours. Um, and it puts, you, it puts you in 15 minute segments uh, in family groups, and it, it's about 70 people typically in a poverty simulation. But around the perimeter, you have you know your mortgage uh, company, your utility company, your banker, your sheriff, um, school, um, transportation, pawn shop. So you 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 as a family unit are given this this uh, uh, scenario for you. You know you might be the disabled veteran. Um, can't work, the, the grandmother works, you're taking care of your three grandchildren. And so you, you spend 15 minutes, simulates a week in, in poverty. And so by that fourth 15 minute increment, you, you realize it's hard. It's hard work. And so people that come out of that, fortunately, again, a year ago, we were able to sponsor this for our, some of our elected leaders in town. And coming out of that, they realized, Wow, this is, I get why transportation is such a big deal for our friends that live in poverty, oh, okay? Massive. Getting from point A to point B. 100%, yeah. And so as you look at those, those other comments that say, well, we, uh, public transportation is a waste of money, it doesn't pay for itself. Okay, but do you understand what it's providing for our friends that are in poverty to increase their lives, to make them better at what they do, to get them the next job that can, that can propel their family out of poverty? So I think it's that sharing, understanding of perspectives and sharing perspectives and setting the table for, to be, for people to be able to come on their own accord and where they're at in their own life to, to, to eat and share and, and gain a perspective to make change happen. Well, John, this is what I love about you. It's, it's grace and it's mercy and it's compassion. It's, you've always been one of those guys, as I've known, who's able to see a need and take other people with you. And so I, I appreciate that. It's, uh, and that's going to challenge some. It is. It is. Talk to me about, I just, I want to move along a little bit and I want to have the conversation around, we, we are living, I don't want to say we're living in a new world. No. 
but it's a little different. A little different. <laughs> a little different. How how in the Huntsville Madison area have you um, been able to observe businesses uh, posture themselves or you know adapt to the changing environment so that they continue to be, remain uh, productive and providing service and value to the world? Yeah, we we are we're in a different phase. We're a different world. It's unique, different, challenging, uh, terrible. Awful, you know. I mean, but but it's um, opportunity for growth. Yeah, you know, yeah. right. Stretching, you know, bending, stretching. Um, I think I think in you know when all of this started hitting the the, the world and certainly our community in March, it was a. Uh, I think everybody in their in in their respective area, uh, education, moms and dads, families, business, nonprofits really kind of retracted into, oh my, you know, how long is this going to last? What are we going to do? How are we going to survive? Mm -hmm. Because it just took, took the apple cart and turned it over. Right. Yep. And so I, I think March was this, this transitional month of, we still have a mission, we still have to deliver our mission, but we've got all of these uncertainties that are out right. there. Um, I really think by April, in general, people were figuring out Zoom calls, they were figuring out how to you know, adapting to the technology. Adapting to the yes, right, right. Yes, uh, yes. That, a learning curve. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And that, that favorite button of mine is host, which is mute all. <laughs> so, but uh, so you know, I, I and so I think I think I think uh, nonprofits and others were figuring out. Okay, okay, uh, we still got to deliver on our mission. How are we going to do that? And really started to uh, regroup on, on what that looks like virtually. Uh, and and by May June, um, moms, dads, businesses, communities. Nonprofits kind of figured out how to live in the virtual environment. Um, now, with schools being so uh, in turmoil, do we go back? Do we not? Um, how do we how do we deal with with that? Um, businesses have been uh, very very gracious uh, in the, in that and and allowing moms dads to 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 do the virtual learning environment to to have uh, flexibility in their schedule, which is so important. But I would say some of the good things that have come out of this 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 piece is, uh, for instance, we have a we have a, a Zoom call every Tuesday. Had one this morning with three other nonprofits in town. Nice. It's just encouraging, uplifting. Thirty minutes of conversation. Hey, John, what's happening with life that counts? You know, and you know, it's uh, seven, eight, nine minutes. Hey, we're working on these things and those things. Um, but it's just it's putting it's continuing to put people together and sharing perspectives. Um, and encouraging people along the way, and so you know, I think um, I think this this too shall pass. It will. We will get to the other side of it. Um, will we be changed? We will. You know, for people like me that miss hugs, uh, uh, engagement with people, conversations like this with people. Um, yeah, I'm looking for the other side of it real, real soon. Yeah, it's funny that you talk about hugs. We uh, had the opportunity to do some snorkeling over the summer. And there was this really cool school of fish around yeah. us in the water, and there's uh, a couple who came up, and they wanted to see the um, the wife. I think it was she'd forgot her goggles. I said, "Hey, here's mine. Use them." No, I'll pass. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember now. Right. You know, um, right. It was anonymous who said that no man was made to be an island, or a man is not an island. Yep. How? Right. So, so you speak a little bit about connecting with the nonprofits and such. From your vantage point, you have a very unique vantage point in that you guys are connected to so many innovators. 
I mean, if, yeah. if Huntsville, Madison area is anything, it's an area of innovation. What are some of the just great successes or just some, some triumphs, some stories that yeah. you've heard of come out of, yeah, out I, of this time? I mean, I, you know, a friend, friend of mine, he owns a, he owns a, a brewery. And, and okay. so, you know, in their, in their, in their March, April, when, uh, March, April, May, really, when, when uh, you know, the restaurant industry in particular was just, just you know, decimated because they couldn't open. They were right. trying to transition to online ordering and food right. and what does that look like? And so when you, when you have a certain percentage that's, that's brewery related, um, you know, it's a huge impact. And so, but, but, but you know, they, they all started changing to creating hand sanitizer. That's right. And creating and selling hand san sanitizer. Yep. And so, I mean, to see that, to see that just entrepreneurial mind say, well, we can't do this, but you know what, we could do this. And then starting that process up and moving that forward was, was, was I mean, that was, it was awesome to watch that, that happen. And so there was a lot of other breweries in town that did this kind of the same thing and across the state and the country, right. you know, as well. And so that's kind of one, one example um, as well, just people taking, taking advantage of, of the situation that, that we're in. Um, and so, you know, I think the other piece is uh, uh, people learning about technology and using, learning how to use technology better. Um, one thing that's in particular I've found that's really unique is, you know, we, we, we have our board meetings. Um, and so you, you, it, it seems like you have better participation in your board meetings. Everybody's on a Zoom call, okay? So, you know, on one hand, you got great participation. Uh, on the other hand, it's 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 some things are better in person, <laughs> yes. and so you know it's yeah. it's a real it's a real mix of that. But uh, yeah. but you seem to have more people engaged in your mission. It, it it appears to through this. Yeah, one rule: no chili cheese dogs while you're on the Zoom. Right? Good call. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. Video yeah. off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you can't do that, man. That's great. You know, one of one of the things that we're working toward in an adaptation uh, for this time, um, it was the U.S. Surgeon General. Mm -hmm. um, what was it? Maybe a month or so more more ago now, who said that uh, suicide has killed as many or more um, the rise of suicide since the beginning of this thing to present. Sure. And they also stated, maybe it was the same press conference, maybe it was a different one, but they also stated that at least half of all adolescent youth in our country at one point over the last six months have contemplated their place on this earth mm. you know and so one of the pieces that I know that we've been really working toward and it's great to hear that you guys are doing it too is that human connection piece how can we provide people an outlet how we how can we provide people a place to where you know we, we may not be able to share the hug we've had some virtual hugs though you know yeah. We may not be able to share the hug, but we can still share a smile. Yes, we can still share um, an, um, an office joke, sure. you know, over a Zoom call. We still can share those yeah. moments with one another, and it's taken a lot of intentionality. Um, but one of the things that I really hope to see come out of this, and I think we will, I think we're, I think we're going to see more intentional now. Um, the importance of the socio-emotional piece come out of this. How we how we do need community, and how we not only need community, but we also need and and we're and we're seeing this right. We're seeing this um, in making room for everyone. The, the 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 relational piece and the social piece and hey, we're we're all in this thing together, and we really are all in yeah. this thing together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think it's I think you have to 
you have to find ways to share hope. Mm, yeah. And what that hope looks like. Uh, come on. Because again, this too shall pass. Yep. I mean, it, it will. This is yep. this is not the first challenge the world, the country, your state, yourself have 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 faced. Right. And so again, when you when you think about that concept of time, uh, in the sh in the short period, yeah, this is this is tough. But let's 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 be here in a year. What are we going to be talking about? You yeah. know, um, what does that what does that look like? But I think I think you've got to find those ways to share hope. Um, and to share those 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 stories of, we can get through this, and we can get through this uh, really together. Um, and so I I I I think you've got to be persistent. I think you've got to be creative and innovative in, in the way you do that. Mm -hmm. And I really think I, I and and we were talking about this this morning. Um, I think in even offering, people are getting zoomed out. You know they they are. Um, you know, you see people on Zoom and you clearly see them, you know, well, they're probably playing, you know, I don't know, solid something, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I think you've got to be creative in finding ways to be socially distanced in person, um, using technology for those that aren't comfortable yet in, in, in a social, in an in in-person setting. Um, and so how do you blend technology in person, socially distanced, um, you know, public health guidelines, um, and be creative as we move through this? Piece. I mean, even even today, I was thinking of, you know, typically in November we have our annual meeting, and so we have 100 and 120 people there. Mm. Well, there's really no place that we can afford that you can have 120 people socially distanced. So I don't know. Maybe we have six places where we have 20 people, and maybe we have a food truck. I, you know, I you just got. I think you've got to be very creative to put people together in an environment that that can work. That's very good, and I want to ask you. So, what are some of what are some things that you're looking forward to? What what excites you for the future? Um, you know, I guess for us and as an organization, I mean, I, I think we're just in a very uh, unique time, and I, and 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 for for our national board certified teacher effort through mm -hmm. our Creative Cities Fund, and again, Creative Cities is our philanthropic arm of the Committee of One Hundred. Right. Um, you know, this pandemic has actually allowed us to slow down a little bit, to look at the gains that we that we made last year. So last year we raised over two hundred thousand dollars for for one hundred board certified teachers in our three three systems to to Dude, fund. Like, yeah, that's you know a hundred right? new. That's yeah. that's outstanding. It's impactful, but but it's it's generational change. That's right, and that's the exciting part about it. And so it's allowed us to really look at well, how did we how did we do last year? Do we have the people in place and the systems in place and the support behind us to really move this big picture five-year vision forward? And so over the course of March even to now, um, we've, we've created a, a plan, a marketing plan, a conversation, a package um, to, to sell this idea to the community at large because it's the community that's going to be able to invest in this. And it's the community that's going to see the, the rewards from this. We're just the purveyors of the of the of the, of the big picture mission of the of the idea uh, of the this is what we can be in five years. You know, we we love to tout that we're the the we've got the highest concentration of engineers in the land in Huntsville, Madison County, highest concentration of PhDs in the land. Mm -hmm. Well, how about we say in five years we've got the highest con concentration of board certified teachers in our public education systems? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's generational change. Right. Man, that's exciting. That's fantastic. I mean, I mean, and I just again being married to a board certified teacher. I, my, I don't know if I shared this with you or not, but 
and and part of this is going to be a dad brag and also part of this is going to be some of the local impact that I think you guys are going to see because there's residuals that there's residual to everything that we do um, our oldest son he's a senior this year 17 years old um, 34 on his ACT Boom. October his wow. sophomore year yeah. as a That's sophomore incredible you know he was coding video games last night Really? Yeah, he was coding video games at the house, and we were, so we were. He coded Pong, okay, That's incredible. <laughs> Which is what a sixteen-bit game, you sure. know? Yeah, but he and I are sitting and playing Pong back and forth for a minute. Like, and he's like, "Yeah, Dad, I actually did this," you know. So he had that moment. He had that discovery moment, and he was able to achieve that success, you know. And and I see what what my wife brings to our home. Mm through that and not only just to our home so a national board certified teacher they only they don't only show up in the classroom but they're also buying groceries at the grocery store they're also out in they're also out shopping and they're also in homes and they're in in their faith communities and they bring those perspectives with them so I just man I applaud you guys for that and I'm so grateful yeah man I'm so grateful for what you guys represent in your area and John man thank you for being that guy who's just thank you for being the guy who's willing to to not just see the issue and turn a blind eye but see the issue and and know that conviction propels you to action thanks for being that guy that's dude that's why I love you I love you too brother 100% yeah 100% Thanks for listening to another episode of Life That Counts. Tune in next time for more insight with host John Williams.